a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Presented by Maxis and the folks at Renthal. It's been a lot of fun to do these, and I've been really, uh, I love kind of this kind of stuff. This guest I have on here coming up, uh, Dennis Cox, a.k.a. Ketchup, a.k.a. Ketch, uh, a pioneer in moto media, and uh, certainly a guy to be around. As you'll hear, he was around for most everything that's happened in Moto Media for the last 40 years or 50 years. And a real cool guy, and uh, I'm glad I got a chance to do it. So thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Go to your local dealer, pound on the counter, demand to see Fly Racing. From the Formula Helmet to the Evo gear, uh, whatever it is, they'll get you dialed in. FR5 boots as well. They've uh, they've done a good job with the, with the gear over the years. They've come a long way, and they got Zach Osborne and Benny, uh, Benny, Zach Osborne and Blake Baggett and many other guys uh, wearing fly racing. So thanks to them for making it happen. Maxis tires, MXSTs are out. Get them. Alex Ray uses them in the main event. AJ Cantonzero, you know who developed them. The King, Jeremy McGrath. Maxis.com for that. And Renthal.com, the Fat Bar 36 out now. Uh, really excited times for those guys. They've got an all-new redesigned Fat Bar. It's got a bigger diameter in the clamping service. It's got it's lighter on the ends. It's got uh, uh, new material they've used. Big deal for the folks at Renthal. Ken Roxon just won uh, St. Louis with the uh, Fat Bar 36. So the winning brand in manufacturing design for the last half century. Renthal continues to lead the world at the very top level of sport. They've amassed more titles than all competing brands combined. I didn't know that, but uh, I do believe it now. Uh, Renthal's records are unsurpassable. 222 U.S. titles to over 213 world titles. So Renthal.com to learn more about their bar and that new Renthal uh, 36, uh, Fat Bar 36 as well. So Thanks to those companies for making this happen. Thanks to you people for listening. And here's uh, Dennis Cox. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal, uh, one of the pioneers of moto journalism in the 80s and longer than that, uh, a guy I've read his columns for years, never spoke with him until I dialed him up for this podcast. So it's, it's Dennis Cox. What's up? Catch up. How are you? I'm quite well. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> of course, everybody just calls you Ketchup, right? Yeah, they do our catch. I shortened it. Yeah, catch is what most of my friends call me. Um, <laughs> still following the races now today, twenty twenty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm still doing it. I, um, you know, I'm a. I do my own little thing, my own digital magazine now called Dirt Illustrated. Oh, and okay. I, and what I'm trying to do is I'm relaunching that. I was doing it for a while. Matter of fact, the last. Uh, 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 Digital page flip issue I did was in 2014, and it was with Lyle Lovett on the oh, okay. cover. And it was a cool story about Lyle because Lyle's a complete moto head. I know, right? And, yeah. Yes, and Lyle, you should get Lyle on your show. He uh, he'd he's be too, awesome. He's too big time for a podcast like this. Yeah, Lyle Lovett. He'd you know? do it because he's such a moto head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does follow he me on Instagram. Is. Yeah, he does follow me on Instagram. So, um, yeah. what a uh, so. Uh, I guess, I guess if you were to take yourself back thirty years, catch up, uh, uh, and told you, "Hey, we're now running fuel injected four strokes in Supercross." <laughs> you know what's funny is I looked up some of the back issues, and uh, I actually, and this was a precursor of what was to come in the August '83 issue. Yeah, I did a giant four stroke shootout. Oh yeah, jeez! So like a like a and, TT and an XR. And what yes. I, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know the late Al Baker came out with us and did a did a Honda, and and you know we have, we evaluated you know all these vehicles. But I was just looking at it, and I was looking at the final conclusions, uh-huh. and they're it's pretty cryptic, you know, about <laughs> what was to come and what what has transpired yeah it's crazy when you think about it i mean it started on four strokes it goes to two strokes you know with the elsinore and everything and then uh we're back on four strokes now it's it's just nutty um interesting to talk to you about uh different things in the in the the industry then and now what do you make of moto media now obviously you probably know davy coombs uh my boss at racer x and and met him over the years and know that what's your take on moto media now well you know what uh I, it's still all all really cool, but it's it's definitely transformed from from the old days. The old days, you know, it was print. You know, you had you had to have a, a publisher that could yeah. afford could afford the the nut to 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 pay the print bill. Right. And uh, today, you don't have all, anybody can be a publisher. <laughs> I mean, you know, with digital publishing, you, you can just you don't have to overcome that that large nut you would have to have to. Uh, you know, to pay for the uh, pay for the printing. Right, right. Um, and anybody can be a podcaster too, by the way, catch because uh, <laughs> I'm doing it. So yeah, trust me, anybody can do that. Can be a podcaster now too. Um, well, to do it well is different, though. Yeah, good so, point. And you do it well, so there you go. <laughs> good point. Um, so where do you start? Where do you get into motocross? Let's go back in the time machine oh. here. Like, how do you get involved in motorcycles? Yeah. Well, in the wayback machine, uh, I would go. All the way back to uh, when I first started Cycle News Central, which was in 74. And, uh, you know, that's when Cycle News had uh, regional editions, and they had one in my hometown of Austin, Texas. So so that gave me my start. Richard Creed uh, was the editor there, and we all we, we kidded him. His nickname, unfortunately, was Hogbody. So, <laughs> So it's much better to pick your name, your nickname, yeah. than have one thrust upon you. <laughs> right. So uh, Richard hired me, and uh, uh, I was the, I did the photo lab work there. Okay. And um, uh, I guess, and then they did they did it for a couple of years, and then they closed the branch down. They offered two people jobs out west. One of them was Jody. <laughs> Jody oh Rival. really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. And so, and because uh, I used to work with Jody at Cycle News Central. And uh, Jody, he left about a, a year earlier, and uh, I was still there. And then they, when they closed it, they offered me a job there out at the West Coast edition of Cycle News. So I went out there and stayed there for about one or two years. But then Jody called me up and asked if I wanted to come work at Motocross Action. I said, damn right. Um, <laughs> so, so did you know Jody growing up in Texas, or did you meet at Cycle News? Up, okay. I, no, no, he was from North Texas, Denton area. Okay. I, so I didn't know him. I didn't really know him other than when he showed up, you know, uh, with his Hodakas there at Second uh, <laughs> Central. Did he show up? And, with, uh, did he show up with his uh, high point boots? Was he still wearing the high point boots back then? <laughs> yes, I think he did have high. Boots. <laughs> you know that. You know, Jody was a classic character, and you know, Jody's a brilliant writer. He, he is. truly is. Yeah, he is a brilliant writer. I've always admired Jody's writing. You know, and uh, um, so I did that. I went to work at Motocross Action. Started in, uh, um, let's see, July of 1977. Okay, and. Uh, I think it was in MXA to about 1983. Okay. And that's when I started doing what well, I didn't originally start. I definitely want to make a note of this is that Dick Miller started Motocross right. Magazine back in right. 82. And he, you know, he did it for about the first year or so. And then they, uh, Roland Hines, the publisher, asked me to come in and do it starting in, uh, uh, what was it? It was. Uh, I believe it was the June issue. Okay, with with uh, in '83. Correct. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. let's back up a little bit though. So you're from Texas. Yes, hey, you want to go to California? Work at yeah. work at Cycle News West. That's a big. I don't know how old you are, but that's got to be a big move or a big commitment, right? Your parents and everybody yeah. else. You're you're like, what? hey, I'm going out. Yeah, I was twenty something. <laughs> yeah. 
and as I said, you know, what uh, to me it was like, hey, the worst case, uh, summer vacation in California. You know, right, right, right. Did you? <laughs> That's did, how I looked at it. Did you like the California you know, lifestyle? Did you like it? Well, yes. Oh, well, for, for racing, yeah, big yeah. time, because that's where all the races were. That's where all the manufacturers are. That's literally, you had to be in Southern California to kind of be in touch with all that stuff. Right. So at this point, Roland's the publisher, Dick Miller's the editor, and Jody's underneath Dick. Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah. But when, yeah. Dick was the editor for MXA, and yeah. then, yep. then they kind of switched Dick over to doing the motocross magazine, right. you know, and that was kind of a political thing. Uh, um, you know, I, I I don't really know how to speak to that, but uh, like I said, it was it was just an interesting way of of uh, of uh, dealing with. Uh, one of Roland's philosophies was you always had two magazines in the same field. Oh, so, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So he that's what that's you know he. Uh, even though dirt bike and motocross action weren't in the same field, yep. Roland, you know, Roland did start uh, uh, what three and four wheel action and dirt wheels. So those are two magazines. So his whole idea of that was, well, they have to advertise in one of your magazines. That's a good point, <laughs> so I guess. Not yeah, in this one, sure. Then, then, then the ad guys would go pitch the other one. So, so literally, that that was kind of his philosophy for you. Were you more of a photographer than a writer? Like you talked about Jody being a writer, and I would say, yes. I don't know Jody. Right. What I know Jody Weisel from is is writing, not photography. Let's say, were you the opposite, Correct. and you had to your yeah. your strength was photography, and you had to get better at journalism and writing? That is absolutely correct. Okay. And that, that, yeah, and that's what that's what I did. And I got to give Jody props for giving me some leeway. He would uh, the first thing I had to do right at uh, motocross action was tricks from the trade, the new products. Yeah. Which yeah. is you know normally uh, nobody cares about those and stuff, but he gave me the leeway to write them in a kind oh, of an those, amusing. Fashion. Hey, those were great. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> those were great. Yeah, like so like the that, ones that the that, ones that like had a chick in them with a jersey. You'd be like. You know, she's looking for whatever her latest guy, and like, yeah, you, you would write a pretty oh, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's funny. Well, I, and, I, and I give him props for for letting me do that. I mean, you know, and that really was my creative writing uh, lesson. And I and I so love doing it, and and I've been able to do it over the years. My but my main strength obviously was was photography at the time. Yep, and. Uh, I, I still feel that's what I that you know that's photography is just telling a story with your pictures. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's what I try to do, and and still try to do, and and that's why I'm you know continuing on with uh, with Dirt Illustrated. Right now, did you um, how how good of a rider did you get? How, how how far up did you get to be as a as a as a rider? Like obviously, you oh, know, as a rider, I I was I, I, when I would go to Saddleback, I could I could dice for the intermediate class. Oh okay. Win. Oh, so that's you good. Know, yeah. yeah, I was a decent intermediate guy, you know, but I, I was, I didn't see any point in going pro and being, you know, middle yeah, of the yeah. pack. Right, right. Um, you know, middle of the pack, last of the pack. The one thing that I think gets lost a little bit um, is that Dick Miller, apparently, and I want to get the story from you. Yeah. Dick Miller was the huge part of getting Team USA back to the Disney Nations. Uh, Jody, yes. Dick, MXA. Bell Ray was a part. Of, how, what do you remember about that time? Like it was. This was a point where the stars, Hannah Barnett, Glover, they they didn't want to go. Uh, and and so what yeah. what do you remember about that? Well, here's the thing I remember, and this and it was so. Dick Miller was was the essential guy to make all that happen. He's the guy, and Dick Miller was a he was a crusty, funny. Um, uh, sort of impetuous kind of guy, you know, <laughs> uh, who who was exactly, uh, you know, a tell it like it is kind of a guy, and uh, that's what I always loved about Dick. You know, uh, he he was a character, and uh, he was the guy that was the motivating force behind making all that happen and making that making that 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 happen. Which you know, I so much respect for Dick. So it was just a matter of like Dick going to Roger, I guess, and saying, "Will you, will yeah. you, will you send the the kids from Honda?" Is that kind of it? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. That's. I mean, it was it was all. I, I have to say, it, it was all uh, mostly 
it was Dick uh, behind the scenes stuff that made that happen. Right, right, and and then of course they pull off, like they go to the Lomo, the soundtrack from <laughs> Hell, and somehow yeah. these California kids pull it off. Like good God, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, no doubt. Did you go? Were you there? No, no, I didn't no. go to that one. I, I, I had a, I, I remember I had a, uh, an adventure way back. At, I went the one year uh, that there was no American team at the races, and the Russians won. It was in when it was in Finland and Sweden. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I went over there, and we were back. I, I went with a friend of mine uh, uh, from England, Robin Palmer, and we we were backpacking all, you know, oh, catching cool. the trains and yep. backpacking, uh, you know, uh, taking the ferry over to uh, to Sweden, you know, uh, watching all the the all the passengers get drunk once they got outside the uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, territorial waters, because then it, then there was no there was no uh, uh, Price uh, the cap on the beer, sure, or, or yeah, yeah. alcohol. <laughs> Jeez, oh, that yeah, the stories that and that. This is a time of no internet and no cell phones. Trying to go across international borders and everything, like just crazy times for sure. Uh, you know, you got to have all this du- different type of money. Like, oh, we're in a new country. Well, now oh, we yeah. got to get their money, right? So <laughs> yeah, there was no euro then. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, so what a what a time for. What a time to be part of sort of the growth of motorcycling, like late 70s, early 80s. MXA, dirt bike, of course, still there. Uh, yeah. Like just so much in innovation in the motorcycles, too. Like it seemed like every single year there'd be like these massive changes to motorcycles for the better, you know, from power valves to disc brakes to one shock to safety seats to like just yeah. the, the, it was just exploding at this point. Oh, it was, and that—that's—that's that's the whole thing, and and it and it ran the gamut. Like I said, even the you know we were looking at four strokes way back there in in '83, you know, yep. uh, uh, and, and like I said, that was just a precursor to what was coming. Yeah. So you know, one but, of my. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to ride one at the time. <laughs> no, really, right? Not, remember, not, not against the two-stroke. Remember they had the White Brothers four-stroke world championships and Honda and Yamaha would bring out some sort of abortion bike and it would break <laughs> and whatever, right? Like You are correct. And I, yes, and I know most of the guys that were on those things that broke. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of my questions for you was, yeah, why did – High Torque start another motocross magazine, but you just answered my question. You know, like, yeah, yeah. why not, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Roland's philosophy. So were you a little bit nervous about taking over an editor job, like running every? Like, I don't know how much power you had or well, how much yeah, sway you had, but. Well, here's the deal. I, um, it gave me a chance to do a magazine because, you know, when you work for Jody, you work for Jody. You don't. Yeah. You don't really decide what stories you're doing or anything else. You're you basically, you know, you do what you're told. Now, the cool thing that once I got a chance to do it, and and you know, for Roland, it was just you know, hey, it was like the fire brigade. You know, well, we'll put him in there. If he doesn't work, well, we'll get rid of him and get someone else. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but for me, it was a great chance to do something I love to do, and I actually. I ha- I love doing motocross magazine from from the time that I did it there from you know uh, what was it eighty three uh, to eighty six eighty seven something eighty six yeah. March eighty six was the last issue of right. that issue Bob Hanna on the cover I I had to put Bob Hanna on the cover and do a story with him for my last issue because through all that time I, I've always had a pretty cool relationship with Bob and I've always enjoyed him and he's always he's the best copy guy you could possibly ask for hey hey I've done, I've done like three or four podcasts with him he's the best podcast guest you could possibly ask for catch he's amazing he's amazing but <laughs> my my, uh, my childhood hero I'm from Canada my childhood hero was was rollerball right and yeah so every time I get Hannah on he starts bagging on rollerball. <laughs> and I'm like, Bob, I'm going to hang That's up on real. you. Stop it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was, he was classic for doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so when you started being the editor over there at Motocross Magazine, how much, yes. how competitive with Jody did you have to be? Did you guys have uh-huh. to give MXA the good stuff, quote unquote, or like how did that go? No, no, there was no, there was no set thing. It wasn't a, I mean, you know, 
yeah, there was no. Actually, I, I, I never, I never heard anything of saying that uh, a problem getting bikes or, okay. yeah, yeah. or getting this or getting that. I, it actually was pretty good, and and I, I give full credit to Roland for for you know doing that. And uh, I, of course, I had a different take on things, which is what I liked. I, right. It gave me a chance to do what I thought a magazine should look like at the time. And uh, I, I'm so appreciative because he gave me that chance, you know. You know, and uh, uh, sorry. I, I love doing it. I absolutely love doing motocross magazine. Well, from what I remember, and I looked at a bunch of old issues before uh, I did this podcast, before I started this podcast with you, is like very humorous, right? Very light, very humorous, very like, uh, yeah. I, I, I that, that's your style. Well, I balloon think. captions. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The balloon captions is absolutely right. See, I love that, and I, that's what I want to bring back is, you know, because I love it. I, you know, something that you can look at immediately and, and either laugh or grin or, or something, but have an immediate reaction. You right, know? right. So, uh, you know, I, I just dug doing it. I, and I, like I said, I like the fact that they gave me a little free reign to do it. The only thing I didn't like, and this is, a, this is a kind of a personal thing for me, is – the guy who was our art director, Dennis West, he was the absolute worst judge of color I've ever, <laughs> editor I've ever, not editor, he's art director, that I've ever, ever been around. And I remember there'd be issues, I'd be excited about seeing what the news, because we'd be at the color pick with, you know, sometimes yeah. Roland, but always Dennis West, and we'd, we'd pick the photos out, but then he's the guy who's laying it out, <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, we come back and then we get the final issue and it'd be these horrendous light greens and light <laughs> purples as as a main color once you opened up the magazine and I'd just be going, oh, <laughs> I hated that. That's the photographer you know? and you coming out, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that that and, and art too. I mean, I I, yeah. I know a good magazine when I see it and and I got to say there were issues that that. You know, he did do a good job. I mean, right. you know, there's uh, we're generally where there's a single large dominant image on the cover with maybe an inset or two. But I hated it when he put four square photos together and then uh, yeah. just that, you know. So and then the color combinations, like I said, I, right. I probably should be ragging on him so hard. <laughs> That's ah, all right. It's fine. It's it's a magazine from a long time ago. He's probably over it. Um, yeah. Was it successful? Did it sell? How did it do? You know what? I th I think it did sell okay. The problem was that eventually Roland, you know, Roland, classic Roland, you know, woe is me, tell always that he was doing that. You know, forty years ago, <laughs> you know, woe is me, and I'm not making any money. You know. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, he's making hand over fist, you know. Oh, money. yeah. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. the money. I mean, look, print is struggling right now more than ever, but High yeah. Torque is still pumping out magazines, so it's got to be somewhat profitable for the last oh, 40 years. It, yeah, I'm absolutely sure sure it is. But but it was just one of those decisions, and then they, you know, and I, I don't know what, what Jody, uh, how much she figured into it, because, you know, I don't think he particularly, after a while, you know, kind of, Graded on him maybe a little bit, so yeah. Maybe did you did you butt heads with Joe, butt heads with Jody a little bit? Well, Joe, you know I I know Jody for so long. He's like a friend of me, you know. <laughs> so you know, I mean, yeah, we're you know, I, obviously I had a different point of view right. about doing a magazine, um, but I've always re I have nothing but respect for Jody and his his abilities for. For uh, you know specifically the writing skills he has. Yeah, yeah. I I called him up for one of these years ago, and he just basically hung hung up the phone on me. Uh, oh, that's he's yeah. His classic reply to is I don't do interviews. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just like okay, like I mean the guy's so full of history and he's done so much in the sport, but I mean I definitely don't agree with some of the things that MXA has done the last say ten years or so, but. I mean, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, he's not interested in really getting out there. And and I wonder. I look at MXA now, and I just shudder 
how they used to be, and they used to be such a mover and shaker, and they used to be the law of what MXA said, but it's not that way anymore, and, and sometimes it no. saddens me a little bit, but, you know, they, they keep doing their thing, so. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, so you really didn't have to balance with MXA too much on stories and bike tests, huh? Like it was kind of, you, no, you, you were left no, alone. No. Yeah, the, the, a matter of fact, our coup with uh, those guys were uh, was when we uh, – but it was the uh, October 85 issue where we actually snagged Johnny O. We got Johnny O's RC. Yes, I have that written that, down here. Right. So that that was to me that was that was the absolute best of best. I mean, I that and and I'm, I'm sure that stuck in Jody's craw a little bit that we were that you know funky little motocross magazine could well, go do. It. Let's talk about that because I have that written down. So nobody. Nobody rode works bikes, you know. No, no, no public nope. got to ever ride a works bike. And there's a shot of Johnny O at Hondaland on his bike, and you yeah. guys tested it. Uh, yeah. How did that come together? Well, uh, actually, it happened from a couple of issues earlier. You know, I, I did. Well, we we steal Johnny O's works, you know, 125 and ride it, and. Uh, uh, that was from me talking to Johnny on a photo shoot, okay, and just asking, you know, say, uh, and we were we had walked out somewhere to go shoot the photos, and then I just casually asked him, say, Johnny, you mind if I take your bike back to the pits to, <laughs> to yeah. get, you know, to get some yeah. photo stuff? He goes, sure. Which, you know, funny story, he, he did call me right after that. He said, hey, you know, I don't know if Roger's going to be so happy about, <laughs> about me letting you get on the works bike and, and ride it back. But, you know, I did, you know, what it was like to ride Johnny O's bike, which, you know, it's a stretch a little bit. But, yeah. hey, you know, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm. You know, I'm riding it back and going, hey, man, this thing has great suspension. And, and you know, wow, awesome. Got my stuff, came back, gave the bike back to Johnny and finished off the shoot. And uh, I did send him a note saying, hey, Johnny, that, that worked out great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a little test impression of that, you know, and that's right when I heard from him right after that, you know. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you should do that. Oh, said, oh Johnny, it's, it's too late. It's already gone to the printer. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I mean, it was, uh, uh, but Johnny was cool. About, and here's the thing: by doing that, and then they saw it wasn't a, it wasn't a schlock uh, review of it. Right. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was all favorable stuff, which of course it would be. Right. Of course know? it would be. Right. The thing was amazing. Right. It was amazing, and but because of that, Roger agreed for us to go back out and do. Do that. Do that test of of the work spike. Really, just from from that yeah. little thing. Wow. From that little thing, exactly. Had we not done that, had I not, had I not borrowed because... Johnny's bike and rode back to the pits, uh, they would. I'm sure that would have never happened. To me, so. to me, I would think a uh, hundred magazine requests to test a factory Honda have come in over the years, and they all got shot down. You know what I mean? But. Oh. Yeah, yes. I, I I wonder why Roger changed his mind for you or whatever. Who knows, right? Well, yeah. I think Johnny had something to do with it, obviously, and then Roger came out with us, and that's where I use my little. Uh, if you look in that, uh, what is it, the uh, October '85 issue, page twenty-three, where Roger's looking out at yeah, him, and uh, you know, is that I the think one? Dave Arnold said, uh, "Are we going to let these guys ride it?" I'm afraid so. Yeah. Oh. So, how long did you get to ride it for? Well, we had we were there a couple hours. Really, huh? We were at, yeah, yeah. we went to Honda Land. Yeah, that's where yeah. we did it. Yeah, and uh, and at that time, I had my uh, my buddy uh, Ed Arnett, who I had hired originally to work with me because he was a uh, he was a local pro. You know, he was a good good race guy, real hard headed, tough guy. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I took Ed with me, and we went out there and rode it, both of us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, so I I wanted some, you know, like a pro-level skill yeah, he was, rider. To he was a top to, 10, 500 guy at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was good. He, yeah. And uh, uh, so that 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 was that, – that made it – it was both – for both of us. It was like the coolest, best yeah. bike either of us had ever ridden. And it's to this day, it's better than any any other bike I've ever ridden. 
l- listen, when that when I read that as a kid, like catch, that was like I'm like, oh my god, they rode one. Like oh, they tested one. I can't like no one. I don't think anyone, any other magazine, any other time got to test a factory bike that I can remember. I, and, and that's why I said that's why, that's why you know I, I think you know maybe that got under yeah. Cody's crawl. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's that's awesome. So what what do you remember about the bike? Like for reals, what what just oh, amazing? Well, let's see. You know, uh, for me, it's like everything on that. Well, here's what made it so cool. Uh, so they brought um, the you know Jake from Showa was there, and they had the truck, and they would tell us how they did testing and. You know, well, if you don't like if you don't like how the forks or the shock are working, just pull in and we'll change it. And they had like a, you know, ten sets of forks and, and ten sets of shocks in the truck. Like you yeah. know, we're gonna go. No, it's not quite. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I need some more high speed compression. I just it's just not enough, <laughs> right. Raj. Right. You know, but they had all that stuff there to, to fine tune it. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm like going, Jesus, I, and that's how the factories do it. Right. You know, right. Well, I, well, listen, catch. I was a factory mechanic for KTM and Yamaha before I became a media guy, but trust oh, cool. trust me when I say that they were nothing like those factory Hondas back then. These were just production stuff that oh, yeah, we modified, yeah. you know. So, yeah, these uh, were one off. Man, it was the eighty five, right? It was the, it was the the Correct. the eighty five with the fuel pump down low and the low tank and all of that, right? Yep. Yeah, Jeez. Um yeah, that's pretty cool. That that honestly, I have it circled here. Johnny O test with a circle because I, I had to ask you about that. It's funny you bring oh, yeah. that. Funny that you bring that up. Um, yeah. Okay, so if that's a story that stands out, like what else? What else stands out for you in what your else time? Um, well, you know, we were always a privateer. I always, you know, like Jeff, you know, Bob Hanna's good buddy, uh, um, Jeff Hicks. Yeah, Hicks. And, yeah. yeah. You know, and I'd have him come out and do bike tests with us, and and you know, and I had a, a you know a whole ton of test guys. You know, uh, Mike Byer was was a regular test guy. Uh, what was it? Mickey Diamond. Mickey Diamond. You know, Mickey Diamond. Right now, he's it's, he it's, he had that bicycle crash, which yeah. really you know effed him up bad. Uh, but he's he's hanging back in there and coming back. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, just uh, I was just looking at some of the test guys on here, um, and <laughs> that was funky. I did an A and a B team, and I'm sure I pissed off the guys that I put on the B team. But uh, didn't you? Uh, you know? Didn't you? Forgive me. This is another magazine because I didn't do my research on this. But didn't no you? Worries. Didn't you take uh, production bikes and say, "Hey, we're going to try to make them as best we can compared to a works bike." Like Hannah, like Glover's Glover's four ninety, and then you took like Ed Ed Arnett tried to take a four ninety and make it as good or something something like that. It was pretty. That, fun. Is, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, he sent Ed out to to a national. Well, he you know he rode the Carlsbad GP on a YZ four ninety, which was a stocker that you know had a few mods on it. Yeah. And uh, but and then Ed had my heat stroke during the race. <laughs> I mean, and, but you know that's how we rode it. You yeah. know. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I love doing stuff like that. Um, what was uh, what was the story, or was there a story that you had to kill that you ne- couldn't nail down or didn't work or you know what I mean or, or you someone said no or any, anything come to mind that you know regret wise for as far as stuff that you wanted to do that you just couldn't get done. You know what? I gotta honestly say, not really. No, I, I mean there wasn't there wasn't any one story. That they that someone said you know no you can't do that yeah yeah you know which you know I I mean maybe there there were stories I should have done that, that <laughs> they would have given me that answer yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't recall hearing that from anybody okay yeah interesting because I've got a couple that I like like there's a few that I would love to get into as far as uh, controversial stuff but you'll never get people on the record to talk about it you know or anything so oh yeah um, oh yeah. One thing about you two, your mag, a lot of European coverage. I don't know if that was just to fill pages, but man, I, I read more about the GPs and Jody. Of course, I don't know what Jody's personal feeling is, but he certainly took a lot of shots at the GPs over the years. I felt, especially as, yeah, as yeah. in the mid '80s, but I felt like you guys uh, did, used a lot of freelancers and had a lot of photos from the GPs, and that's where we learned about these guys. 
Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I had a great uh, Bureau correspondent, Michael Gambala, and and his uh, 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 sister, Christine Gambala. They they were my absolute ace-in-the-hole uh, Europeans for for covering events for him. And, yeah. and, and as well as Luke Verbecki. You know, Luke Verbecki is like a... Yeah. Uh, is one of the legendary photographers uh, of that period of those with those guys. And so, I still keep in contact with those guys. Oh, do you really? So, oh, that's awesome. That's oh, yeah, cool. I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to maybe going over there sometime soon here to to see them and maybe have a reunion with Luke and Michael and Christine and and uh, maybe go do maybe go to one of those beach races or something. Go to the vet vet designations in in England. That thing's supposed to be incredible to go to. Well, I know that yeah. I've seen that, I, and that that is one of those things I would like to go yeah. to as well. Yeah. So Absolutely. how how does that work back in the day of snail mail? Like like Luke just like Luke like a Manila envelope plops on your desk yeah. with just photos from Belgium from a month and a half ago. Like it's that is correct. It isn't like, it isn't, it isn't like they could just send you the photos. No, now. no, I know. You know they, literally, that's what you had to do. Wait till you got, uh, you know, to a package from from one of those guys, and uh, right, uh, th- that was not the easiest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I would I would imagine so. Right, uh, Dennis Cox on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Renthal and the folks at MaxisFlyRacing.com. Please check them out for all your needs. Uh, head to toe, the new Formula Helmet is fantastic. Renthal just launched Fat Bar 36. Go to Renthal.com to learn more about that. And Maxis Tires MXST, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Uh, please check that out as well. And we want to give a shout-out to the folks at Racetech. The FXR, Chaparral, Honda team of Bloss, Robin, and Starling use Racetech for their motors and suspension work. Pulp 19 is the code to save with that. Show your bike some love, like Dennis did back in the day, who, who probably... Dennis used Race Tech, I would imagine, way back in the day with Paul Feed, of course. So absolutely, absolutely, I would do stories with Paul about you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, any type of mod that that he might have for for a vehicle at the time. What a smart guy, right? Super smart guy. <laughs> oh, he is. He is. <laughs> and it, the whole the whole thing is full of people like that. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. These sharp, dedicated guys that spend their lives doing this. And and love it. And yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. They're they're not just doing something, they're doing something they love. Absolutely. So please check out racetech.com for more information. Pulp nineteen is the code to save. So so Dennis, so like I think I know the answer to this question because you seem like an affable, nice guy, but so I cover I've been in the media game for fifteen years now, maybe a little bit less, going to all the races and, and, and talking to these riders and writing things about them and reporting on Racer X and my own side and everything else. And I piss some of these guys off sometimes, catch. I really do. They they're not happy with some things I write and say about them. And you know, I try to be honest. I try to use my experience as a racer slash mechanic for all these years and in media and, and but I still piss people off. Did did you did you run into problems with some guys? Yeah, there, there's always a few. There's always a few <laughs> that, that don't like don't like what you said, you know, or or say, hey, that's not that's not the way it was. Yeah, whatever, you know. But as as you know, and as I'm sure you've experienced, you've got to tell it from a point of view. Yeah, yeah, you try, and, right? And a point of view is what people want. They want someone with a point of view. They don't want just a glad handing, yeah, everything's great, everybody's wonderful. They want a point of view, and that's what you're doing. And that's, I think that is an essential mar, uh, you know, uh, way to do things. Personally. So who, who got pissed at you? Who do you remember? Oh, who, who, who got pissed at me? Hmm. Well, you know, someone I, I've always, and I don't know why, but Brock Glover, for some reason, <laughs> even to this day, Brock. to this day when I see Brock Glover at any sort of event, you know, he has nothing to say to me. You know? Really? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I, when I see people and stuff, you know, I'm, I, I, you know it's like uh, Donnie Hansen, you know, and that, who's just a sweetheart. Yeah. And uh, I remember when they did the dedication when Jody got his, his, deal on the walk of fame there at, right. at Glen Helen. Uh-huh. I went out to that and, and they were, Jody was signing autographs and then Brock was next to him and, and, uh, uh, Chuck's son and, you know, Donnie Hansen. And, uh, 
And those, and, you know, Donnie Hansen and and Chuck are just the greatest guys. But Brock, I don't know what it is. It's Bro- just Bro- something Bro- about him. You know, maybe he didn't like something I did way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Brock's that. What Brock's got mad at me too about tire stuff. I wrote. Never mind his racing career. His tire stuff. <laughs> We're fine now. I just we just did a live show with him in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, he's. Brock has been mad at me a few times. So, um, Oh, one other one I can think of. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover right now, April 1985. Uh, Rick Johnson. <laughs> RJ. Oh, boy. RJ. He, uh, he, had a, he had a bone to pick with me, and this was when I recall this really well. We, had a, we were shooting a cover, and a friend of mine, Jack Wright, was shooting a, a cover photograph and we had the whole Yamaha guys there it was uh Lachine and and uh, RJ and Brock yeah and and we were shooting this in a studio that Jack had and and Jack uh had some some girls in there and he had them like throwing mud at yeah the I remember that cover yes yeah <laughs> and and I just and I remember RJ got really upset at me upset enough that he either he or his mom wrote a letter to Roland. No way! So, oh boy! So, yeah, Roland calls me into his office. Goes, did you know I just got a letter from, you know, uh, Rick Johnson? And you know, he was just saying how unprofessional it was to the the photo shoot, and then that you left, and I did, and that's true because I did I did have to leave the photo shoot because uh, my girlfriend was flying into the airport, and I had to go pick her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that that was like uh, you know I had you know that was something I couldn't really get out of. So <laughs> so so I left them there to go do that. You know, but yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, I wasn't directing. You know, that was uh, that was uh, Jack's call to direct a photo shoot, and I had to throw the mud at him. I think you had you had four straight like uh, team OEMs on the cover, like four straight four months in a row or something, right? Like you you profiled each yeah. team, I think it was, or something like something like that. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, that's you know that was that was that was an unusual situation, but but that did remind me that yeah, RJ. I remember, and, and I've seen Ricky since, and he's right. fine, and, you know. But uh, at that time, no, he wasn't. He he was he wanted to he wanted to make sure that yeah, uh, yeah. that I got the message <laughs> that he he knew to contact the publisher. Oh directly. yeah. Hey, is Roland still around? Yes. Is he really? He's still, he's, he is still there doing it, you know. And, wow. And Roland is is the uh, Roland instituted some stuff there at High Torque that that changed to this day. Outside of changing the name, you know, he dropped the day. It used to be Daisy High Torque. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> back in the back in the Bill Golden days, and uh, he dropped the the Daisy, and uh, just made it High Torque. And like I said, he had some interesting ways. You know, he had he would have the, uh, the editors and the art directors show up to do the color picks instead of the art director just going in to do it on his own. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he instituted a lot of things that are kind of standard, I think, you know, now. Interesting. Uh, well, it used to be standard. It's not that way now because there's not that many print packets. Yeah, geez, I know, right? Um, yeah. It's funny you talk about RJ being mad at you because, like, I've interviewed – just about everybody on this podcast show since 2008, all of my heroes and guys and industry people. And I got to say, one of the single best podcasts I've ever done was with RJ. He's just, he's phenomenal. He's a phenomenal interview. He knows the media game. He knows the media stuff. He knows it really well. And like I said, this was way back yeah, when. Yeah. And, right. You know, and like I said, I'm looking at the cover. It's a picture of him and Bowen. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, that's a, that's a guy who probably hated you because you were, you were full on. <laughs> The Hannah Bowen thing, you were all yeah. over that because Hannah was threatening Keith and writing li- li- like writing a didn't he do an obituary for him or something? That could be. Uh, <laughs> I remember that? Um, yeah, uh, Keith, uh, Bowen and Hannah had like a couple month thing oh, going yeah. or whatever. Well, well, Han- yeah, and that's why and that's why I said I love doing interviews with Hannah because he he wouldn't pull any punches. He, yeah, you know he'd add a few. You know, yeah. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you know. so, um, yeah. Anna was known for that. <laughs> bike tests for bike tests for you. Did uh, which buddy bike tests get you in trouble? Any OEMs? Because I mean, Jody ha- Jody's been banned oh. from Suzuki over the years a few times. Yeah, and, you know anything? Yeah. Anything that you can remember come up for you? Not, not really. Not, not, a, not to where the manufacturer you know uh, would call uh, right. to, to to voice any sort of 
uh, you know, feedback on it. I mean, and we tried to be fair to all of them and, you know, um, but have a, like you said, to have a perspective, to have a point of view. That's what I feel magazines should be about, is it should be that. And that's, in the good old days, you know, that's what Hunky was. Hunky was a point of view, that you wanted to go see what he thought. And... Uh. Yeah, and we don't see that so much anymore. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. Uh, obviously, every production bike next to that factory Honda probably pales. But what are a couple? Rem- yeah. Do you remember a couple bikes that stood out for you that are just being amazing? I mean, you know, obviously yeah. uh, those mid '80s Hondas were pretty good. Or anything else that stands out? Well, you know, I remember the uh, and this is bike I used to race. Uh, I liked racing it out at uh, Saddleback, and that was the Suzuki. Uh, uh, 250. Oh yeah, and I, I really liked it. But the bike fit me. It had, you know, good acceleration, good suspension. Uh, was fun to race. You know, of course, and, and of course, we had all the tuner guys to yeah. be able to, you know, to, to get the little ex, extra x amount out. And uh, that uh, that particular bike, I do remember liking, as well as the Yamahas. Yeah. I mean, I, I always like YZ. YZ 250s were always were always pretty sweet to me. So, did you know you knew that that was going to be the last issue? Uh, they told you, "Hey, catch, you're you're done after yeah. this issue with Hannah on the cover." Um, yes, sir. <laughs> what'd you do after that? Well, after that, I went and and did a, a short uh, twenty year stint doing uh, uh, the off road uh, ATV side by side books, which. Started at um, three and four wheel action. I did that for about a year, maybe. And then uh, I remember Joe Colombero, who used to be the editor for uh, for Dirt Wheels. Yeah. He ended up leaving. And then when he left again, Roland, you know, Fire Brigade comes in and goes, "Okay, you're the editor for Dirt Wheels now." That, that was it. That was and, how that all came together. Correct. And uh, so I went, "Okay." <laughs> You know, and I and and I have to say, man, I I enjoyed doing dirt wheels. I, I literally I spent more time doing that than any other magazine. I was going to ask you, so so you you adapted to it, like you you enjoyed it. You wrapped your yeah. head around it, and you weren't like looking down on them or anything. Like you were fine with all of yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, it it wasn't, and 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 this was right when I started doing it. it was right when before the three wheel fiasco occurred. Okay. You know, so yeah. I actually I had to go out and 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 test some of these three where you know the first thing you do is run over your foot yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you good point. Right. and you go what the hell's with that right yeah it's a good point right um yeah so so you learn you know don't do that <laughs> so, keep your feet on the pegs at all costs and uh but i wasn't unhappy to see three-wheelers you know kind of go away because yeah. Because I, I can only imagine the destruction that would have happened had there been, you know, like uh, twin cylinder three wheelers. I know, you know with a uh, hundred horsepower. I, I uh, too scary. Yeah, the uh, the four wheeler stuff came on big time. Even ha- you probably got Bob to do some. I remember Bob testing those for a few people. You probably, you probably, you were probably yeah, one of them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, I did do so. I did, you know, I did dirt wheels for. Oh, how long was it? Uh, oh, well, you know who we had uh, when I was doing Dirt Wheels was Jeremy McGrath came out and we did a Banshee test out at at Glen Helen. Oh, really? And that was yeah, that was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, Jeremy, you know, he's he's just the most affable, coolest yeah. guy you know there is. And uh, yeah, I do recall doing that with Dirt Wheels, and I also did a I did Dirt Wheels until I left High Pork in two thousand nine. And then I did uh, I did a couple of short stints. I did something for Tamarack Publishing, which they did a magazine called Off Road Illustrated, which uh, uh, I did for one or two issues, uh-huh. and then turned it. Then I decided to make it Dirt Illustrated instead of Off Road Illustrated. And then um, I did have a stint doing UTV Sports Magazine, which which I did with my pal. Uh, Jack Wright, who was the creative art director there, uh-huh. and I loved that because we were able to do. I, I loved having Jack as the art director because you know, as opposed to when I was doing Moto, and having someone else, you know, uh, yeah. f up my work. Uh, 
Jack was exact opposite. He just made everything look brilliant. And oh, cool. I, so I did that. Uh, I did uh, UTV Sports from about 2015 to about 2017. And it was uh, just, and it was bought by, uh, I think, Jamsport Media. They moved out, out to Lake Havasu, and that was that. So, I'm, still, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that you were on High Talk from 77 to 2009. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. I did not yeah, know that. I'm sorry, Catch. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, one of the old lifers at High Talk, you know. And so, uh, Was your car just driving to Valencia on its own by some point? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I lived in Lancaster prior to moving here to Cal City. Okay. And, uh, well, it was about an hour's commute. It wasn't bad to get to the Valencia. Right, right. You know? And the normal editor hours, which were never normal. No, no, <laughs> never, right? So at some point, you and Jody just looking at each other going, yep, from Texas to here. Here we are. We're still here. <laughs> that, that is, well, Jody's been, yeah, it's amazing. Look how long he's been doing that. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder what's going to happen, though, when, and Jody's not going to be doing it. You know, from, what, from people that plan? are – from people that have worked there now to people who have left there, some of these people are my friends, and they're like, Jody's never going to let it go. Never take a step back. He loves it. He lives it. He breathes it. Just there's no, well, I know. you know. Yeah. But that may be out of his control down the road. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. No, you're absolutely know, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, take blessings and uh, good health. But, man, you can't take that for granted. No, absolutely not. Um Races. What are a couple races that stood out for you, like all-time ones, ones you'll never forget? Ooh, that would be, uh, let's see. Um, well, uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed going to the, oh, I know, the Univilla, the Univilla 250 USGP. Okay. I absolutely loved going to that. Yep. And, uh, and I recall we were able to do a uh, Husky test there. Oh, okay. Which which was awesome. I was able to, to uh, uh, they had a 250, this was Mark Black, when Mark Blackwell was the president at Husky, he'd sent me a note saying, you know, hey, you want to you wanna go to the Unadilla GP? And as a side note, you can test uh, test our new uh, 250 Husky on the racetrack after the race. Oh, you know, and I'm like, sweet. Oh, absolutely. I'll go for that. You know, of course, no one tells you, you know, after the race. How rough the track, track is. is <laughs> way brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I got whoops on the whoops. <laughs> I got to do a test after Red Bud. Uh, well, no, I was working for a Moto Triple X team, and I think yeah. I think MXA, I think it was Basher, uh, came yeah, out yeah. came out to test our race bikes after the national. So I got to ride, and I, I rode like four laps. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. This is not. I can't. Bar- <laughs> I can barely get around this track. Like it was it's insane. True. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, um, so you were at the USGP when. Uh, Johnny uh, ran out of gas and gave Bob his gas tank on the podium. <laughs> Here you go, Bob. Here's my gas tank. What was the issue? What's that? Uh, oh, yeah. And I remember Dan Laporte. You know, I did a thing uh, on the, uh, um, what was it? Uh, and all, you know, from Dan Laporte to, to Mickey Diamond, those were the Husky guys yeah. at the time. Yep. And, uh, uh, it was just cool to to be there and, and to be a part of that. Yeah, I bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Can you believe Mickey Diamond went from a 500 Husky to two-time 125 champion? Like, yeah, yeah, because Mickey used to. I, I remember when Mickey rode Mako's when I was going when I was you know when I was living the Saddleback lifestyle with uh-huh. Jody at MSA. You know, we'd see Mickey out there on his on his. Uh, on his uh, Makos, and it was so cool. I mean, Mickey was so determined. I mean, that guy was, uh, he was just so smooth and so determined. Right. Uh, it was great to, to see him race. What's your best Mitch Payton story? One that you can share, oh, one, one that's like public. I can tell that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing that can make you'd it public, right? Ted, uh, you'd have to ask Ted Studley. Ted Studley would have the best Mitch Payton story. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, I know if you know Ernie Becker, Ernie, Ernie, uh, he's like does a lot of uh, formula race stuff. Okay, and uh, he's always going to the formula races. He's a good Facebook pal of mine, and uh, he and Ted are good buddies. But uh, they were talking about doing a book about that. Yeah, uh, 
you know, and I went, well, I don't know. I'll write it if you want. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but, but you're going to have to provide me lots of notes. And, of course, I can come up with some of my own because I was back there at some of those yeah. those get-togethers, Mitch's, uh, Mitch's uh, wedding party and uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, Mitch yeah, and uh, Catch, you Troy go. Lee were... You go like back to you go to Pro Circuit Husky days, like Husqvarna. Yeah, so that, that's yes, exactly. That's where all those good stories come from. The Pro Circuit Husky days. I know, right? Unbelievable. Like, <laughs> and I, I I talk to Mitch every weekend at the races, and I always I find myself just being like, I can't believe, like we we laugh and joke, and he tells some great stories, and I'm just like, like I'm like a friend of Mitch Payton's. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, he's just a legend, <laughs> right? He's just a legend, and. Yeah. Uh, it's so. just a legend, and what he did with that whole pro circuit thing, right? Amazing, yeah. To it, this day, yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, well, catch, uh, man, what a what a career! You must look back pretty pretty proud of all the things you've done and accomplished in the industry. I, you know, by and large, yeah, and I'm still I'm still going. I still want to get this thing with with my Dirt Illustrated thing up and going again, yeah. uh, and and make that. The cool thing about Dirt Illustrated is that it's, it covers anything that rolls on dirt, which opens up the whole Pandora's box of things you can do. Sure, yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah, makes it makes it, yeah, anything you want to do. So Yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to continuing to do. But, you know, the past, I, I love my past, and I love all the things that I got to do, all the people I got to meet and, and while doing this. And uh, I just... Like I said, I, I dig it the most. <laughs> it, it's it's a really cool era in our sport. I think. Like I said, I, I truly believe that. Like it was, it was uh, new and exciting things coming all the time. It was uh, you know some of the best racers that we've ever seen, and just the American dominance kind of coming in, and 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 the world yeah. of motorcycle racing looking at Southern California, and for the newest trends and the newest things and the racers. And it's just a you know, it's a special time in our sport. I feel like from from like 1980 to like you know 1990s. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and then we're heading now into the 20s. So yeah, you know, it's going to be another exciting decade. I, I think that what's cool is that the Euros have gotten kind of a parody with us now. You know, where it used to be, you know, we go over there and spank their spank yeah. their butts, yeah. and not so. <laughs> Much no anymore yeah it's and, uh, it's crazy so it, it kind of goes around comes around <laughs> yeah and for, like four strokes at the beginning of our conversation that <laughs> they're back yeah. four strokes are back four so strokes. uh well thanks for the time catch i really appreciate right. it. this was a lot of fun for me uh i love i grew up with your magazines i grew up with reading what you wrote you know so it was that, really cool well that that's awesome man i appreciate it steve uh, thanks for the time on the rent on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Rental and uh, Maxis. Thanks, Catch. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as the Bad Boy Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go on.